0: To the Hoop Ball Orlando Magic podcast. I am your host, Alan Barney. You can find me on Twitter at Alan underscore B, all letters lowercase, A L L E N is the spelling. And folks, how about the Orlando Magic and what was probably a season defining win for this young squad? They, came into the game against the Utah Jazz 2 and 8 the Jazz one of the better teams in the western conference at 7 and 2 and as expected the Jazz were probably heavy favorites heading into the game even though it was in Orlando and the magic pulled off the upset winning 107 to 100 they held the Jazz to 15 points in two separate quarters, the first and the fourth, and then in between they gave up 37 and 33. But
1: this is, this is a
0: big win for these young guys. I've said before, development is key this season. Coming into the year, the Magic had the youngest average age of any squad in the NBA. So these types of wins help these guys believe that they can hang with the more veteran, with the veteran teams who are more established, and help them with the thought process that we are good and we can win consistently. Now, I mean, it's only their third win of the year. They're still three and eight. It was their first home win of the season, actually, too, as they started out zero oh, and four in the Amway Center. But a huge, a big, a little step in the right direction. It's all about generating small victories mentally for these these guys because while they did beat the jazz like i said they're still three and eight so they still got a long way to go and they're not necessarily in the playoff race right now and it's still really early in the season anyways but generating these small wins building up confidence to where they know they can win consistently will help and be a huge factor in the future and let's say maybe next year or the year after when the magic really can start to contend for playoff appearances. Now, talk about the star of the show again, Cole Anthony, another large, big night, 33 points, 3 rebounds, 3 steals, a couple of assists, two blocks, 5 of 10 from three. I've said it before and I'll say it again, this with each game Anthony is pushing the narrative more that he is the face of this franchise for the future. Heading into the season with the injuries to Fultz and Isaac, a lot of people in the media and fan base probably thought that their two most important and integral guys to the future were starting out the year hurt. But as we've seen so far through these first 11 games, especially the last eight, Cole Anthony's got something to say about that, as does Wendell Carter and Franz Wagner and Mo Bamba. And so it, it but like I've said, Cole Anthony's a big part of this rebuild, and he's going to be a part of the future. And he's really cementing his place as maybe he will be the starting point guard and they can move Fultz down to shooting guard and bring Suggs off the bench, at least for this year, so that there's not so much pressure Uh, on Suggs who was the lottery pick from this past draft um Suggs by the way kind of struggled with the shot six points five assists couple of rebounds turned the ball over four times missed both of his three-point shots so Suggs has the toughness he has the IQ and it'll come in time the shot will start to fall a little more consistently may need to rework his mechanics at some point but Sugg is doing the best he can to survive his rookie year, and like there's going to be nights like this. But fortunately, the Magic have guys who can carry the team, and Anthony. And also, how about Wendell Carter? Signed the extension right before the season started. A lot of people were, may have been surprised by that with Fultz and Isaac already getting their extensions, but he's been performing – to a high level as well he had 22 points 15 rebounds six assists huge numbers he also was four for seven from three and it's refreshing to see with carter in retrospect you can it's similar to bomba's rise with carter a lot of people had high hopes for him he was a blue chip prospect that went to duke was one and done was a lottery pick with the bulls it, it didn't really pan out in Chicago got traded down to Orlando for Vucevic last year. And even last year in the second half of the Magic, he dealt with an injury, really wasn't consistent. But he's come in like Anthony, has played like a man possessed so far. And these two paired together are a formidable punch against any team, as you can see with against the Jazz, one of the better teams in the league. And they, they carried the load, scoring 55 of the 107 points. So huge night for both of them. Franz Wagner kind of quiet on his end. Did have ten points and chipped in four rebounds and four assists. He was he was more of a secondary option on the night, which is kind of which is what's happened over the past three games for Wagner after he had that three game run where he seemed to be the focal point with Anthony Bamba. Not a huge night scoring, which has become uh, a a Trend, so to speak, and he's not known for his offensive prowess with but he did have nine points. But where he really is his bread and butter is rebounding and defense, and he had seven rebounds, four blocks, two steals. And he's he's the enforcer in the paint, and he's their main interior defender, rebounder who who's got to go in there and make the tough plays when the big men for the opposing team have the ball. And he did a great job with Gobert. Gobert, I mean, Gobert did put up great counting stats. He did have 21 points and 15 rebounds and four blocks and three steals, but Bomba did not make it easy for him. And it was a great, it was a fun matchup to see a, a guy at the top of his game, a model of consistency compared to a younger guy who's trying to find his way. And he held his own. He held his own. He actually had a better plus minus than Gobert. And then you also had, uh, had, Chumo Kiki still working his way back into the rotation. He got 20 minutes and had four points and a couple of rebounds. RJ Hampton taking a lot of flack over the past few games for his high rate of turnovers and sloppy play, bad shot selection, but he was an integral part of the win against the Jazz. He hit the, what was the, I'd say the dagger shot when he hit a three coming off a steal with around 20 seconds left that put the Magic up by five. But in 20 minutes, he did have eight points, two rebounds, and assists and a steal and a block. He still had three turnovers, but there seemed to be a different vibe to Hampton against the Jazz. I don't know. It could have been he was just tired of hearing the, the external noise, and he wanted to prove himself against a good opponent, and he did just that. And even though he didn't have huge numbers in the box score, he came up when the Magic needed him to. With a big steal and then a big three towards the end of the game that sealed the deal for the Magic. Gary Harris played 31 minutes, seems like the hamstring's okay. He had eight points and a rebound and a steal. And then Terrence Ross, he, his shot's just not working for him right now. That's just not falling, which is going to happen. Every NBA player goes through these ruts. He was 0 for 6 from three, two of 12 from the field overalls. He only had four points, three assists and a couple turnovers, but Ross, still an integral part of this team right now as the veteran scorer off the bench, but games like this do hurt his trade value if the Magic do want to trade him when it comes to the the deadline because that's been the rumor throughout the offseason early goings, but overall, like I said, Anthony the face of the team right now and Carter's right there with him. And they both had great performances against a top-level team like the Jazz, who were in full force. They had all their starters, Mitchell, Gobert, Bogdanovich, O'Neal, Inglis. Their role players, Whiteside and Clarkson, played. Clarkson missed a lot of threes. He was two for 11. And speaking of threes, there seems to be a, a fundamental change in towards the attitude towards the three-point shot for the Magic. Obviously. They were ahead. They were at the start of the three-point shooting curve back when that 2019 team made the finals with Dwight Howard and putting a bunch of shooters around him with Turkaloo and Rashard Lewis and Jameer Nelson. And then they kind of ventured away from that when Stan Van Gundy fired and then Dwight Howard was shipped out. They went away from that three-point shooting when it, it reached its highest levels of popularity with the Steph Curry Warrior era and then the Rockets and how they revolutionized the three. And then, of course, their draft choices of Victor Oladipo, Alfred Payton, Aaron Gordon. All these guys, throughout the process of being scouted, were known as not great shooters. And the Magic consin- consistently drafted these types. With their lottery picks, and that kind of ventured them away from what was the trend in the NBA. And that's what kind of and that's what's left the Magic offense over the past decade floundering in mediocrity because they have not put enough emphasis on the three point shot. Now, John Schumann of NBA.com noted the Magic have the largest jump in three point rate in the league this year. They went from taking threes on 35.6% of their field goal attempts to 45.8. And that 45.8 stands as fourth in the league currently. And I mean, obviously it's still early. And that's a trend that we see with NBA. A trend we see in the NBA is that early in the season, three-pointers aren't being thrown up or made as much as it, as when we get later in the season. And that's because, Players are still getting into grooves, getting into game shape, getting their shot down, and after a long off season, so that and naturally as the season progresses, so does the accuracy and amount of threes that are taken and made. And it, it, you wouldn't. It, a lot of people weren't necessarily expecting Jamal Mosley to bring this type of offense. Well, bring that type with him, but a lot of people are surprised by the how free and motion based this offense that Mosley's brought in has been. And it looks, and according to Philip Rossman Reich, who does a great job over the 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 magic podcast over on lock on the lockdown, he uh, he pointed out that it's, it's looking a lot more modern with not only centers who can hit from beyond the arc, but also you got guards who can do it too. And we've seen with Cole Anthony, he can pull up and do it wherever. And even with Jalen Suggs with his struggles, one of the few things he has been successful with is the three-point shot, even though he he would miss both of his opportunities against the Jazz. So it's nice to see Mosley come in and not just preach defense and make offense secondary and he's come in, and he's got, right, like I said, a free and motion based offense, according to Rossman Reich, that is very hard to defend. And it can show in the numbers and the data that's compiled uh, over, according to NBA.com, the starting lineups for the NBA for every team. The Magic have the best net rating uh, with their starting five in the whole entire league. And they're starting, they're, they're, Predominant starting five is Mo Bamba, Wendell Carter, Cole Anthony, Franz Wagner, and Jalen Suggs. 18.1, the next highest is the Sixers at 16.6. So that just goes to show how productive the starting five is and maybe how much the bench needs to improve their game and come in and really change their mindset on what it is. I don't know what their struggles could be. When it comes back, obviously Gary Harris missing a number of games doesn't help. But maybe this is the turn of the corner for RJ Hampton, who's been the the target of a lot of strife with how his play has been. And then you also have Terrence Ross, who very streaky shooter. Right now he's in the rut. So those those trends don't help the numbers, but that is promising to see that that starting five is has the highest net rating stats for the game. The jazz shot 38.2% from the field, the magic 49.4, 43 from 87 from the field. They were 37% from three. The jazz had a horrendous night from three, eight of 42 at 19%. Both teams did well with free throws jazz 24 for 29, the magic nine for 11. Even though Carter had a huge night with rebounding the jazz, no not, not surprising when you have guys like Gobert and Hassan Whiteside, but they out-rebounded the Magic 50-39 to 39 and really dominated in offensive rebounds, 16-7. to 7. Turnovers were actually in the, pl- in the positive side for the Magic. They had 13 to the Jazz's 18, and they turned that into 19 fast-break points, which watching the Magic game, you see that their fast-break offense improves with each game as their defense improves with it. And it'll be interesting to see if they can keep that momentum. And because this Magic team, as you can see, and from what I've seen from watching the games, they are a team that is can be streaky and really feed off the highs, but really have low lows. I mean, talk about this game, the first quarter they came out and won that 28-15. And then the Jazz came back in the second quarter and made up that deficit and some 37 to 22. So it's all about ebbs and flows with this young team. And everybody knows in the NBA, that's that's how it is for young guys, especially rookies. It's You see the highest of the highs, the lowest of the lows. There's not a whole lot of consistency, especially in the first half of the year. But this was a big win for the Magic. They outscored the Jazz 32 to 15 in the fourth quarter when it really mattered. And head coach Jamal Mosley, after the game, was asked about if this win can springboard the Magic into more wins and playing more consistent and confidently, and this is what Mosley had to say. Well, I don't. I, I know that these guys are going to continue to get better every single day, and that's the testament to trusting the process of the shots that we were forcing them into, um, having them miss, as well as our offense, the ball moving around the horn. I, I really just, you know, we end up with you know 24 assists us being able to share and move the basketball and trust the past. I think that's going to be the, the, the message that we continue to hit home on. So Mosley not showing confidence in his players, which you have to do as a coach and that he knows these guys are going to come out and keep fighting and playing every day. And like, and as I said, and as anybody's going to say, it's all about consistency. It's about keeping these guys, not necessarily entertained, but involved bringing something new to the table with motivations personally, every day, every game, every practice. And I, that doesn't also fall on just Mosley. That's also going to be a key role for guys like Gary Harris and Terrence Ross. And then eventually when Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz come back, it's going to fall on their shoulders to be able to do that. And you can even say the same for Wendell Carter and Cole Anthony, because even though they're still young so, and just so to speak, they've had a lot of experience. I mean, Cole Anthony had a trial by fire last year as a rookie. He was pushed into a starter's role after eight games because of the Fultz injury, and he had to take on a lot of the the ball handling duties because of that. So he's had a lot of experience for a young player already. Same goes for Wendell Carter. He got thrust into a, a situation with the Bulls when he was drafted, where he was put with a lot of expectations as a rookie. And it it didn't work out. And now he's here and he seems to have a refreshed mindset and he's looking like a totally different player. And so it's going to be interesting to see how the Magic and the players build off this win. Obviously, they can carry that momentum, that emotional high into their next big game, which is Wednesday against the Nets, another playoff-ready team. Or will that high be so high that it drains them out and they don't bring the energy against the Nets? That's going to be the key to really point on for Mosley to be like, hey, you guys can do this. You did it against this team, but you got to bring it to the court every day. It doesn't matter who it is, a playoff team, non-contender, you have to be consistent. And – that's what Mosley's. that's going to be his biggest thing is is preaching that because the best teams in the NBA we've seen they're just obviously they're talented and they have a lot of skills but a a huge factor of that is consistency and being coming coming to the court or or the arena ready to play every day and ready to put in quality work at practice every practice so I, I have faith in these young guys. Suggs, we've, like I've said before, has a high basketball IQ, seems very well-spoken. Cole Anthony, the same thing. And he obviously, his interviews show his lighter side, the post-game interviews, he's becoming a sens- viral sensation for, as we saw after the Jazz game. Uh, so there's so many factors going in. And right now, for these players they just have to focus on what's important and just remember that wins may not might not come here in, all the time as uh, in this year but as I said it's very encouraging to see with Mosley who was pegged as a defensive minded coach he's come in and his offense has been not so like bland and just boring he's got it's come out and it's been very impressive now that might also lend credence to the creativity of the players with anthony and carter and these guys but it it just shows that they can have a offensive team that can hit the three-point shot at a good rate to where they can be competitive against these better teams and but also on the flip side the magic they're gonna it seems like they're gonna live or die by the three and those nights when you die, it's going to be ugly. We saw that against the Celtics last week when they only got 79 points out of it. Like it's going to happen. Those nights are going to be there. So it comes with the highs and lows. Passing's been a huge emphasis for Mosley. He came in and promised, you know, the team would play with the pass. They've averaged 301 passes per 24 minutes of possession last year was which was 28th in the league and that's jumped to 325 this year which is in the middle, 15th in the league, but it's moving more. And they're working inside and out to really show they want to feature not just the shooters on the outside, but the guys in the paint. And they've also – their quality has been better too. According to NBA's tracking data, NBA.com's tracking data, they lead the league with 186 three-point attempts. With the where the closest defender is six feet away, they've made 39% of their shots, which is 11th in the league. They've taken 118 threes with the closest defender four to six feet away, and that's where they've only made 25% of their shots. But th- that to sum it all up, 304 of their 351 three-point attempts, which is 86%, are considered open by the NBA's openness metrics. And obviously that can't be the deciding factor when it comes to if the magic are a successful three point shooting team, but it does show that they have not earned the respect of other teams and their, and how they other teams view their shooting prowess. And maybe a game like tonight with the jazz will put teams on notice that, Hey, these guys can do it. And it'll be, like I said, so it would be interesting to see what the, the Nets do on Wednesday night. Uh, Durant and Harden aren't known for their defense, but the, the Nets do have good defenders like Blake Griffin and Joe Harris, Bruce Brown, who's uh, uh, the second rendition of the glove, and I'm obviously just kidding about that. But the Nets are a good team. The Wizards, they've come out surprisingly hot on the year. They, were, they are seven and four. And the schedule doesn't get much easier because then after the Brooklyn and Washington games are going to be in Orlando at, at the Amway Center, and then they embark on a huge five-game road trip that concludes with Brooklyn, and then back and then back-to-back games with the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks. So this stretch that started with Boston and then went to San Antonio, Utah, and then now Brooklyn and Washington, followed by Atlanta, the Knicks, Nets, and the two with the Bucks. That's a huge stretch. That's going to give these young guys an idea of where they sit in the league. And it's also a good learning experience because it gives Mosley and the players an idea of what they can get away with, which isn't necessarily the most productive thing to do when it comes to a rebuild, but you kind of got to see what you got and what you don't have, what works, what doesn't work, go back to the drawing board and come back with a new plan. And that's what the magic their margin of error is for the year so as I said a huge win over the Jazz a perennial playoff contender and they did it at home in front of their home crowd who the fans showed great energy especially in that fourth quarter when the Magic dominated the Jazz as I said they'll play the Nets tomorrow night at seven o'clock as they'll face off with Kevin Durant and James Harden before they get Thursday and Friday off and then host the wizards on Saturday night at seven o'clock. I, and for the year, they go to three and eight and one and four at home as they got. And that's probably why the magic fans showed so much energy. It was their first home win of the year is badly needed and they got it when they really needed one. So with that being said, I appreciate everybody for coming on to listen to this hoop ball presentation. which is the hoop ball Orlando magic show. I am your host, Alan Barney. You can find me on Twitter at Alan J underscore B, all under lowercase. And I appreciate you guys for listening. I cannot wait to express my opinions and talk to you guys about how the Magic will do against the Nets tomorrow night. And with that being said, adios, everybody. Have a great night.